When it comes to Alabama football and getting ready for the season, I think one of the main questions that Jimmy and I always get is about the defensive line. So let's talk about the defensive line today. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Oh, I'm really good. Busy. There's just so much football stuff going on. I'm, I'm writing down stuff even as we're starting. Thank you guys for making us your first listen. We truly appreciate you. Um, Jimmy, let's just get into it. We want to talk about defensive line. You know, we're, we're going to talk about Keon Keeley in the third segment. We're going to talk about an interesting new deal with Jalen Milrow in the second segment and talk about uh, this little thing with Najee Harris and Nick Saban too. But defensive line, I would say more people ask me about the defensive line situation than they do just about any other position. I mean, you know, everybody loves the backup quarterback, right? But at Alabama, it feels like, even though we've, we've had pretty good defensive linemen, it feels like right now there's a lot of consternation about the uh, defensive linemen that we are recruiting or that are committing other, way, other places. Um, and people are just sort of baffled that the defensive line maybe isn't quite as dominant uh, over these last couple of years as it has been, you know, early on in the Saban tenure. But I want to – I'm just going to run down the defensive line on the roster right now. And I'm going to run them all down and then just let you speak about whatever you'd like to say. Anquan Barnes, Jamil Burroughs, DJ Dale, Justin Aboigby, Monkel Goodwine, Isaiah Hastings, Tim Keenan, Jamarian Latham, Jaheim Otis, Damon Payne, Curtis Perry – Chase Quigley, who I don't know anything, don't know much about him. Chase Quigley. Okay, he sounds like he's in the he's a walk-on. He's good. He's the new in the new um Crocodile Dundee movie, I think. Um Tim Smith, Tristan Walker, and Byron Young. Those are our defensive linemen. Now, when I go when I read those aloud, um maybe I'm a little more impressed. I'm only impressed because I, I follow recruiting really well. And I remember really wanting like somebody like Anquan Barnes. Um, I, I remember really wanting Tim Keenan, even though he wasn't quite as highly regarded. I wanted him badly. I thought he was that really thought he'd make a move. Um, this defensive line lineup that I just read off would be awesome for 96, 97% of college football for Alabama. It does feel less than stellar. Again, that's not awful. It's all by Alabama standards. But, um, man, I, I really want to see somebody really bust on the scene here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, you know, we're not blind to the situation. We're not blind. We're not cheerleading. Or I, I know for myself, I'm not, I, that's not my intent. I'm not blind to the fact that Alabama's put better defensive lines on the field than they will put on the field this season. That's been better. There's been more star power. There's been Quinnen Williams's. There's been Jonathan Allen's. There's been Marcel Darius's. Several other just you know prominent Ashawn Robinson, Jaron Reed, heck even Phil Mathis. Um, there's been better 
starting defensive lines. That is true. Uh, there's also been, I think, the loss of Peter Woods in recruiting, the loss of Kelby Collins, which happened this weekend at this position, in-state guys that most Alabama fans penciled in to the recruiting class. I think when you combine those two things, there is a ton of consternation about the Alabama defensive line. It's certainly on our board at Bama Insider, which everyone should check out uh, because it's great discussion over there all the time. Uh, but but there's also consternation about the defensive line. If you're consterned about the defensive line, maybe you should come check out those those talks. Uh, I'm talking about it every day over there, whether I want to or not. Uh, now, I'm not blind to it. It is a thing. It is even fair to paint it negatively that Alabama's been better on the defensive line than they are right now. Alabama's recruiting on the defensive line has been better than it is right now. Both of those things are true. But people that go too far with it, I think, are more wrong than the people that cheerlead about it. Because here's a fact. The entire Alabama defensive line, the starters, the entirety of them, uh, if you want to call the starters DJ Dale, Byron Young, and Justin Boydby, are headed to the Senior Bowl, uh, are very likely to, to go to the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl, by the way, is not a reward for Alabama players who are starters. The Senior Bowl tries to only invite players that are going to be taken in the NFL draft. For Alabama fans to think the defensive line sucks when the entirety of the line is slated to be drafted is, you know, I'm trying not to say dumb, but it's pretty dumb. I mean, everybody in the country would like to have that problem. The, the, the defensive line, they're all draftable, but they're not first-round picks. I, I say this all the time, and I'm talking about getting into the depth because there's depth beyond those guys. There's Tim Smith. There's Jamil Burroughs. There's a legion of good recruits. We all know what Jaheim Otis is doing this fall camp. There are probably, Luke, only four or five defensive line rooms in all of college football better than Alabama's. I ask that question all the time, and no one ever really wants to take it on. They, they just want to moan about how terrible it is. And then when I say name five that are clearly better, no one does or can. Uh, but I guess Nick Saban has spoiled us to the point that if it's not number one, it sucks. So that's sort of crazy to me while acknowledging that it's not as good as it once was. That's about the starters. That's also about the recruiting. Again, I think – by the time recruiting is over in this cycle, Alabama's defensive line group will be among the top five in all of recruiting, in all of college football recruiting. Only three or four schools, if that, will sign a better defensive line group than Alabama, even if it doesn't include Peter Woods and Kelby Collins. So I'm fine discussing it as a how come we've fallen from a perch a bit but the idea that there is some sort of problem or some sort of, hey, this is ending the dynasty, I mean, that's insane. I mean, I mean, the standard can't be be number one in all everything, all of it, or fire people. It's just sort of crazy to me. But, you know, is there a fall off to what once was? Maybe at that spot. But if you're going to say, okay, 
there's a fall off there. How about the fact there's an uptick in other spots? We've never had an outside linebacker duo like we have with Will and Dallas. That's a first. It's never been that good. Jameer Gibbs, the best pass receiving running back we've ever had in the era. Bryce Young won the Heisman and came back. Will Reichard's the best place kicker we've had since, since, since senior year Lee Tiffin. I mean, there's a lot of things that are better than normal. So no one ever wants to talk about that. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, it's like um, Fox News and CNN. I mean, nobody reports the good news. Nobody wants to watch that. So, I mean, and that's the truth. Nobody wants to say, you know what happened today? Here, here's this, uh, this family of baby raccoons was rescued by a rabid polar bear for no reason. This is awesome. And yeah. nobody ever wants to see that story. They want to see the story of the economy so bad. I don't know why, you know, the, we all got monkey pox. Uh, if you don't have monkey pox, you're going to have monkey pox. And if you don't have monkey pox, you're going to get polo with a little bit of COVID sprinkled in there. Like the, uh, you know, the salt bay guy. That is, um, true. That is true. And I don't know what that says about humanity, but that, that is. It says we're terrible. CNN and here, hey, uh, you know, uh, one of these things that uh, Trump did when he was in charge was really worked out. You, you don't hear that, nor do you, you know, turn to Fox and say, hey, uh, maybe it was by accident, but Joe Biden had a good idea today. You, you, you don't <laughs> ever hear that. What you hear is doom and gloom uh, about the other side. And, and I think that's that lends itself to sports and, you know, you know, for as much as we're sick about talking about Deshaun Watson, I'm in the sports media industry right now. As much as I'm sick about I want to hear about, I'm tired of it. But you know what's going to get clicks? Any story involving Deshaun Watson. That's right. That says a lot about humanity. I don't know how to fix that, though. Well, Jimmy, you work on that while I go into this live read. <laughs> you work on the fixing humanity thing. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm going to work on this live read thing. Uh, look, this is from the NHTSA Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. This is a, a new sponsor. We appreciate them so much. And this is a very important message. Just imagine you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. We've all been there. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. It's not that big of a deal. You can make it home okay, right? What are the odds you'll get pulled over? I mean, what are the odds? What do you think? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you lose, you total your car, you may kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads they're there to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, you need to think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or change someone else's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. That last live read brought to you by our defensive coordinator. No, I'm just teasing. I'm sorry. It's a, it, The joke wrote itself. I mean, people were thinking it. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean we've all forgiven him. I mean he paid a penance. I mean so look again. There, there's there's no reason ever to drive impaired. And really, if Pete Golding can get a DUI, so can you. 
So, I mean, seriously, don't do it. I mean, luckily nobody was hurt. Okay. I want to talk about this Nadi Harris, Nick Saban thing for a second. Yeah, this was news to me. Glad that you brought this up. I've been super busy with football and somehow that, that, that story sailed right past me. Do you, do you even know the story? I do not, but lay oh, it on. Great. Okay. Um, listener now because uh, hey, you're, you're, you're telling me the news. Well, apparently uh, Najee Harris was on uh, the a podcast called The Pivot, and it's got some former NFL players that that host it. And this, you know, they're again, there are a lot of podcasts now. A lot of former players are getting in on this. I mean, Draymond Green's podcast, all that stuff. None of them get hang with Locked On, but still. Sure. Um, so on The Pivot, they were talking to Najee Harris, and they were talking to him about his relationship with Nick Saban and. And he told this story about how when he first got to Alabama, he and Saban really butted heads. And in fact, he said, nobody really knows this, but I left school for two weeks. He said, I was, I was leaving. I was leaving Alabama. Um, and the reason was he didn't go into any specifics. Like there was this one time Saban said this and I said that. that, that what, he basically said, look, I don't think Nick Saban was used to a California kid. Uh, in, in so many words. And he said, Nick said, which is odd because we've had a few California kids, but he, uh, yeah. said he came here. And he, yeah. The one playing quarterback right now seems to get along with Nick just fine. Yeah. Um, and so did the one, uh, so did Tua Tungle-Vailoa, who was kind of from California, kind of well, sort of. Well, from uh, Folsom, California, Jonah Williams. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, he, uh, he said, yeah, I came here and Nick was sort of yelling at him a little bit. And, and apparently Najee yelled a little bit back. And um, I, he said, look, it wasn't like he was kicking me off team or that I was actually leaving. But he said, I took some time. And uh, then he said, I came back. He and I got to his office and we had some more words. And I, he did, Najee said, I decided to stay. Um, but he said, after that meeting, he said, it felt like Saban and I had a better understanding. Now, the way he's the way I'm saying it makes it sound like Najee kind of won out, but the way Najee was saying it, it almost was like this was a mutual thing. Like Najee's a different dude. He he's he is. he's sort of a bizarre cat. Now bizarre in a good way, not like he's got like a he's know, in, he's interesting. Yeah, it's not like he's, he's got a fetish for ostrich feet or something. I mean, he's he's I don't even know what that is. If you have an ostrich foot fetish, is that something? Mm-hmm. Um, but he he's bizarre in the sense that he just he's man he goes to his own beat and um, he's a sort of an unassuming superstar and I think that this he had to be humbled a little bit um, and it sounds like he did become a little more humbled and the, what's interesting to me the guy that posted on one of the message boards in Alabama fan was like you know this is why Najee's one of my least favorite superstars that Nick Saban's had and I'm like. I don't know that I'd look at it that way. I think Najee's a great dude. And I I don't want – look, I don't want every player coming in thinking they can be like that. Najee's different. Najee is one of the highest recruits we've ever signed, it, in Nick Saban or any time, and uh, highest rated recruit. So he can he has a little leverage. Um, you know, Bryce Young has a little leverage. I don't want a guy who might be – participating on the defensive line as a junior coming in and feeling like, no, Nick Saban, you can't talk to me that way because he will be sent packing. So, you know, it's maybe it's not fair that that's the way it is, but that is the way it is. It's uh, kudos to both of them for 
getting past it. Kudos to Nick Saban for not having such a hard line stance that he boots him off the team because Lord knows uh, we needed Najee Harris in 2020. We need him in the national championship game as a true freshman against Georgia. So um, I just think it, I just thought it was an interesting story, you know, right here before the season starts, you know. Right. Well, you don't. No, no, I do. I, I, I think it's incredibly interesting. But I, to me, it boils down to, you know, why a coach's job is so hard managing 85 different personalities. You know, Najee's going to be a different personality than what you normally have in the locker room and Coach Saban and the running back coach. And I think Najee had a couple when he was at Alabama recruited by Burton Burns, but he wasn't coached by Burton Burns all the way through. I think that was a factor. I think when you're recruited by one, running back coach and, and you like him and you're like, Hey, this is why I want to go there. And then, then that guy ends up leaving. Uh, that's tough for kids to stick around. Cause you're like, Hey man, I want to play for this guy. That's why I came here. Um, but, but for the head coach to manage those 85 personalities is incredibly difficult. Coach Saban and coach Bryant are, are two of the best that's ever done it. And, and ultimately coach Saban obviously handled Najee well because Najee was at Alabama for four years, not, not two, not three, four full years. People need to remember that. He wasn't a three and done guy. He 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 stayed all four years at Alabama and uh credit Nick Saban for that and Najee for being for having some level of patience. But let's remember this and this is the biggest thing about recruiting when you're at an Alabama. This is different than other places. It's not solely Alabama, but Alabama's one of those places where a Najee Harris who there's no telling what he accomplished athletically in the small community where he's from in California. I know you think of Najee being from San Francisco in this really big town. Everyone's from a smaller community, even if they're from a big town. But Najee was probably the best basketball player, the best baseball player, by far the best football player, the best track guy. He's just the best. And since he was 12 years old, he's had adults kissing his butt and giving him anything he wants to, to, to kind of be part of the Najee experience. And he's and any, any kid in that situation, I have a giant ego and you're the best that's ever been in your town. And then you're the best that's ever been in your middle school. And you're the best that's ever been at your high school. And then you get recruited by Alabama and Michigan and everybody else. And then you get to Alabama and what do you know? The butt kissing is replaced by you're not as good as Josh Jacobs. When are you going to block your teammates and he's like block i'm gonna have to google that what the hell does that mean i, I don't know what that means but yet you gotta pick up blitzes you gotta catch the ball you're not as good as josh you're not as good as damian harris and let me tell you it's not easy to handle that when you've been told since you were 10 that you're probably the greatest athlete that's ever been made so that's why it's so difficult for these kids. Uh, and, and, and kudos to Najee for exercising some level of patience. I mean, the first thing I would ask Najee into that interview is this. Were you a better football player in 2020? That's a senior year. Were you a better football player in 2020 than you were in 2017? That's the question for him. And if he's being honest, and I know he will be because Najee is Najee, will go, oh, heck yeah. And isn't that what Coach Saban's job is? Isn't that what the running back's coach job is? Is that Najee came to Alabama really blessed and left Alabama a better player than he was when he showed up. And everybody's a winner in that situation, even if it was a bumpy ride to get there. 
All right, Jimmy, we're going to take a break. Come back. I want to talk about the prospects of Key Key. So, Key Key committed to Notre Dame one top probably three or to five years at the university. Um, so we've heard about him a lot. Still committed to Notre Dame. I'm sort of like the between Perkins, who's been a flip watch so long now, I have to reset my. Um, I'm going to pass the daylight time. I don't have to. Um, yeah, Keon Geely supposedly will be decommitting. Um, Notre Dame boards might believe that. Um, that. More than that. Uh, they just haven't happened yet. But I think if that happened, I wouldn't expect to immediately flip to Alabama. I think he may uh, take a little time. Yeah, different situation altogether than Perkins, uh, different situation. And I don't know, no one really knows what's going on. Perkins, he doesn't do interviews. I mean, you can't get Perkins on the phone to, to do interviews, which is fine. That's up to him. Uh, with uh, Keeley, uh, who's a little more accessible, uh, you know, the expectation, and even, even talking to Notre Dame people, the expectation is that Keeley's going to decommit from Notre Dame. And when he does, Notre Dame's going to be done with him. Uh, that's the expectation. Now, you know, is it going to happen? Uh, I believe so. I, I really believe so. Uh, you know, my, 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 the great recruiting reporters at Bama Insider believe so. So I, I believe them. Uh, Andrew Bone and Joe Spacings do a great job and, and they're into the situation pretty well. And that, that's, that's what the expectation is uh, that, and that it will happen this week. But I think this could happen in stages. I don't think Keon Keel going to decommit from Notre Dame and commit to Alabama. Uh, you know, my expectation uh, per Bone, per Hastings, is that Keon Keeley will decommit from Notre Dame, and it's fair at that point to say Alabama's the leader, but he is going to look around, and he is seriously considering Ohio State. I think he'll end up seriously considering others. I don't think in his mind he shut out Notre Dame, but uh, it, it, it would feel a little bit more like a divorce than a breakup uh, should he decommit. But uh, what a, a freak player. What a great kid. Uh, whoever ends up with Keon Keeley is going to have one heck of a Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. I just hope it's us. I mean, that's going to do it for the day's podcast. We will be back tomorrow with another Locked On Batman. Until then, everybody, roll tide. Roll tide.